You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We are right now in the second installment of our series and our goal is that we want to really point you to Jesus more than just the miracles and the breakthroughs that we will experience. That indeed Christ came as a son of God and he wants to introduce himself that more than just what we want from God is that we know God. How many of you here you have friends that would only text you or give you a call when they need something from you? And I know that it's not easy to at times respond to text messages of people that will only just um, probably make their presence known if they need something from you. And that's at times very, should I say, common. Signs are directional. And it points us to something that is beyond the miracles and the signs and wonders and the breakthroughs we're believing God for. And I hope more than just the things that we want from God is that we want to know God. So the story that we're about to read in this uh, installment, in this second part of our series, is that it is uh, really a story that John uses as a sign that identifies and uh, would probably provoke the hearers to uh, really pursue or would provoke the hearers to clarify if they're pursuing Christ or they're pursuing the things that Christ has promised. So my question with you right now, do you pursue Christ for who he is or what he does? And the story is Christ moving from Jerusalem to Judea or Judea for some people where he spoke with Nicodemus in chapter 4. Are you familiar with that? With Nicodemus and deciding to pass through Samaria and the story of that encounter was also uh, very significant when Christ had uh, an encounter with a Samaritan woman by Jacob's well. And this, in fact, has led the way for this woman to share the gospel because more than just uh, her encountering Christ, that it was an avenue for her to get to know Christ personally. Say the word personal. At the end of the day, at times, uh, it's hard for us to really uh, clarify or probably create a thin red line between uh, our pursuit of who God is and what God provides. And at times, one of the best ways for us to rediscover if we're for God or what God wants or what we want from God, okay? When we uh, at times are in a situation where we have problems and we are in a crisis, this will give you probably a glimpse of really your agenda when it comes to your relationship with God. In the middle of a crisis, the tendency is that at times we're so affected that uh, at times we uh, overlook Okay, our routines as followers of Christ, that we don't go to church, we don't open the, uh, our Bibles, because we are in the middle of a crisis. Uh, contrary to the people who really uh, has a relationship with God, where no matter what comes your way, and no matter how hard the situation is, you choose to raise your hand and worship God, whether in church or wherever you are. You open your Bible, and you still believe and trust God that He will come through. And I know some of you here uh, can, relate with me, uh, can relate with me, and some of you here probably are in the are really in that, in that chapter of your life where you want that in the midst of uh, the challenges of life, you will remain faithful serving God. Am I correct? That is what we want to uncover this uh, afternoon. That in the book of John chapter 4, if you have your Bibles right now, at the end of the day, our okay, responses to our walk in our faith, uh, even with worship or buying your Bible, has a lot to do of your encounter with God. The more that you want to grow in your knowledge of God, the more that you invest in your relationship with God. Am I correct? So buying a Bible is an investment in your relationship with God. John chapter 4, verses 4 to 6 to 54. Are you with me? Jesus heals an official son. So he came again to Cana in Galilee, or Cana, okay? It's, it's a mother plant, okay? Where he had made a water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. In other translation, okay, his son was fully alive, full of vigor. 
in verse 52, so he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour. Duh. The what? Left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed and all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. Can you join me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity that indeed your word is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. And I pray right now that you will give us a perspective, a vantage point, a beyond look at the breakthroughs, the blessings, and the miracles that we're believing and asking you for, that there is a God bigger than anything else. So Lord, I pray right now that our relationship will not be in your provisions, but in who you are and your character. Lord, thank you, Lord God, that we are in this relationship, not of what you can provide, but who you are. I pray that every person would have that kind of perspective, that when people see this, Lord God, they see that we have a relationship with you. And because of that, they will come to the saving knowledge of Christ. Thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness that you will use each and every person, Lord God, to communicate a message, Lord God, that indeed you are a God who loves them and who cares for them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. John chapter 4. John wants to help us overcome this blinding, what? Superficiality. And because at times the tendency is that we think that if we go to church or we're reading our Bible, we are what? Rooted in, in our walk with God. That we know God. That we have a relationship with God. I probably would agree with you that somewhat you have a relationship with God. But as we go through this passage or this message, I hope that all of us in this room will uh, begin to assess and evaluate how far we have really grown in our walk with God. How many of you here, you want to... Really measure how far you have grown in your walk with God. It's good to take a closer look. Thank you, ang dami natin. At the end of the day, okay, how many of you here, you want to measure your walk with God? You understand? Because it's important that you know and you need to, uh, and you're familiar with where you are in your walk with God so that you can move forward. It's hard to know where you are because it's hard also to uh, really move forward. You don't know where you are presently at in your walk with God. So it's good to once in a while remind yourself, and, I, and it's good to once in a while remind yourself that, that indeed, okay, it is important to know where am I presently at in my walk with God. So in verse uh, 43, after two days, he departed for Galilee. For Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his home, uh, own hometown. This is before chapter 4. I want to give you a background of what took place before he went to what? To uh, Galilee. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast. For they too have gone to the feast. And, uh, and the reason why I need to uh, really put this before we talk about the, uh, the message is that Jesus Christ was simply saying, okay, that indeed there was no honor for him. How come the Galileans would welcome him? How come he is accommodated? Though he would, uh, in fact, uh, state in this passage that he is not, what? He is not honored. Why would they welcome him? There is a tension in this passage for the very reason that the Galileans or uh, probably the people that, that are familiar with Christ and are familiar with who he is and what he can do, uh, they're more familiar not with Christ, but what he provides, the healing, the signs and wonders. So the reason why they welcome him, because of what he provides, what he can give. And some of us, one way or the other, portion or chapter of our lives, meron po tayong what season in our lives, that we only, God, uh, we only like God and we love God because of what God has provided. That we approach God because there is a problem that we need God to intervene when it comes to our financial crisis, when you're sick or a family member is sick. You want God because there is a problem. Come on now, how many of you here can relate with me? And I have nothing against it. Probably God would use that really uh, situation to bring you closer to Him. But I hope that you're not in church because of what you can get from God. How many of you here you want to get to be in a relationship? Single men and women, you want to marry somebody because of what he can give. He has a lot of money. Therefore, I love you because of what you can offer. No, I hope that you're in a relationship because you love that person and because he has money. Do you understand? But when it comes to this passage, it is important that we need to ask ourselves. Sometimes all of us are guilty in this room that we come to God because of what we can get from God. Now, my question with you right now, do you find God beautiful or useful? Let's be honest. You don't have to raise your hand. 
Because if you find God beautiful, even though he doesn't offer what you are wishing for, if you've been praying for 30 years or 40 years, believing God for a lifetime partner, and you're taking it against God, my question with you right now, is it the basis of your relationship with God? If God doesn't provide for what you want, will you take it against God? Remember, you're not entitled for anything. God has blessed you with salvation. That when you retire and you pass out and you're done in living in this planet, that you have a place in heaven. That's already a great deal. But a lot of us here, we come to God because of what God has to offer. And a lot of people are seeking after God who works for them. As long as God complies to what I want, I think I'm a believer, I'm a follower of Christ. That's not what Christianity is. We want a God that we can manipulate. My question, second question, do you find joy in God or what God gives? Are we really seeking God relating to Jesus Christ like the Galileans? Or God is a functional savior. Say the word functional. The reason why we are in this relationship, again, because God complements. God complies to what I want. He's not an ATM machine. That you want God to always adhere to what you want. At the end of the day, one of the best things that happened to, my, uh, to me and to, and, and, and to my family is that we would always ask ourselves, what does God want? And some of you here, you find it very simple, but I'm telling you right now, if you want to succeed in life, you have to just simply ask yourself, does it honor God? What pleases God? And I hope all of us here, more than anything else, some of you here are, are, are probably asking yourself how is it possible that every time i make a decision i would always ask really god if it pleases him at the end of the day you need to be reminded if you're a follower of christ god will give you the grace to do things there are times that you're not familiar of how come that after i came to the lord when you just come to god and just tell god your concerns that god i don't see things the way you want me to see things. Wherein every time I'm caught in a situation where I know I'm in trouble. When I'm caught in a situation wherein I need you. Can you just please remind me. How many of you here you want to be in that situation? Where when you are about to decide on something. You will have the grace and the strength to, to do what, what pleases God. And it is what we are praying for. Believing God for. Yes I'm a pastor but I'm. At times, I'm in a situation where, God, I need your strength to decide. Because there are times that God is just functional to me. He's there because I need something from Him. So my question with you right now, is God just a tool? It's written right here as we study in verse 4 to 6. So He came again to Cana in Galilee. This is where it all begins. Where he has made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. There was a government official, a person of authority. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. And he was seeking Jesus as the promised Messiah. But he's only doing this because of the situation or the situation of his son that he wants God to what? To intervene to this condition of his son and he wants God to fix the problem. And all of us, again, we have been in that situation where we want God, Lord, can you intervene? How many of you here right now, you are in a situation where you, God, where you want God to intervene? Whether that's when it comes to our finances, whether that's, that's a, a physical ailment, you want God to just... God, I want a miracle. How many of you here, you believe in God for a miracle? In all of us, I guess. But I hope you do understand that more than anything else, this is just beyond the miracle. This is why I like this topic, because it will reveal the condition of our hearts. So he came again to Canaan and Galilee, and he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son. He was asking Jesus, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. This, in fact, a response or a rebuke to the official, to this man of authority. Okay? Because God was simply saying that I know what's happening in your heart. And if you look at uh, uh, the, the whole New Testament, even the Old Testament, the stories 
are, are geared towards revealing the hearts of men, most especially in, in, in the parables in the New Testament. That yes, people have the right intention, but at the end of the day, if you have the right intention with the wrong motive, you're always wrong. This is what God wants to what, uncover. So I'm glad that this man loves his son, that he was asking God, can you heal my son? Can you fix my problem? But God is simply saying, if, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe that you are only here because of what you can get from me. And God corrected him in a way. And how many of you here, you've been in that situation? We're in, you're only coming to God, you worship God. In fact, you cry, you join in worship, you read your Bible because there is something that you want from God. But when everything is working perfectly in your life, nakakalimot ka ng church. I mean, ask yourself, when was the last time you had an encounter with God's Word? When was the last time where the Word of God, the Bible is just so real because you have a sickness? Well, do you understand? The last time you, you read the Bible, I hope that it wasn't because you have a problem. Yes, I know it's important that you read our, or we read our Bibles when we have a problem. But I hope we're reading the Bible not because you have a problem, but because, God, I love you. I want to know you more than your miracles. I want to know you more than what you can offer. I want to know you more than just the breakthroughs I'm believing you for. If you are in a relationship, if you're married, you don't exist of what the other person can offer or what he has to offer. You exist and you live for that person because of that relationship that you have with that person. You call that relationship. But this guy approached Christ because he did hear something from the people. That this guy can heal anyone. If you take a closer look, he did a miracle from uh, in Cana, or right now he's in Cana, and, and he was in a wedding banquet where he turned water into wine. That's a miracle. Only a few people probably are exposed to it. But as he moves forward and, and continues with his ministry. He has an encounter with a Samaritan woman and the Samaritan woman uh, really did talk about his encounter with Christ and probably people are familiar. This man is the son of God. So probably he overheard people talking about it. But his encounter with God was informational. You understand? It was just mere information than personal. This is why, if you know God from afar, and you feel like, because of this worship song, I feel in love with God. But Lord, your presence is here. Lord, I love you. I, I, and your basis is just what you feel. And you think that's, that's deep. At the end of the day, it's not about worship songs, though we love to worship here. But if your faith is circumstantial, it will always be erratic. You call this a roller coaster faith. There are days that you're happy because you're, you what? You, you're, you're, you have money. But after two weeks, after your salary, that's another story. You understand? You're happy because you're in love. You're happy because you're doing well, you're healthy. But when the going gets tough, the question is, are you still stable and steady? This is why it is important that we are in this room trying to clarify if we exist for God or what God provides. That's the reason why this man has shallow faith. He knows God from afar. He knows God from people. And some of us, we are in this season. That our faith is erratic. That our faith is not anchored in who God is, but what we think or what He provides. Now, ladies and gentlemen, are we like that? That our relationship with God is based on what God provides? If you're right now waiting for your prayers and you're believing God to come through, are you taking it against God? Or you're simply... Saying to yourself, God, as I wait, I will remain steadfast, steady. I will not take it against you. I, in fact, choose to worship you. I choose to go to church on time or earlier than everybody because my relationship with you is not based on what I can get from you. You know that if you have friends. 
The test of any relationship is based on what? On the problems and challenges that you go through. If you have misunderstandings, but you choose to overlook and forgive and carry it out and remain what? Friends. If you're married, as you go through humps and bumps and problems, but you choose to say, I will not allow this situation to threaten my marriage. I choose to what? Walk this out with my partner. Because we're not in this relationship because of what we can get from one another. In John 20, it says right here, But these signs are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that they, and by, by believing you may have life in His name. That real faith moves from just knowing God from afar, moves from just coming to God because of what God wants or what you want from God. That you're not just there because of what God has to offer. Because a lot of us here, we think that God is someone that you can talk to if you need something from Him. Yes, God will provide. Yes, God will bless your life. How many of you here, you are highly convinced that God wants to bless your life? But you, are you excited for the blessings of God or God? How many of you here, God, you are highly convinced that God will provide more than you can ask or imagine? But are you for the provision or the provider? But it's easy to say, God, I want you more than your provisions. But when everything is doing well, ask yourself, are you excited to seek and know God? How many of you here, you're excited to obey God tomorrow? I don't know if it did cross your mind. Did you pause for a while for about five minutes, Lord? That I go, I'm excited tomorrow. I will obey you. Why? Because when you're in a relationship, you want to please the other party. And you look forward and you find ways to please the person. Am I correct? Remember my illustration? I think two weeks ago or about a month ago. When you're in love, you find ways even if you don't have the money. You understand? You will sell your kidney just to pull it off. Do you understand? That's what love can do. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. Even though Christ corrected him that you're coming to me because of what you want from me. Christ, move in compassion. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met with him and told him that his son was recovering, full of vigor, full of life, fully alive. The reason why Christ, though he corrected the man, he saw a window of opportunity that I'm not just here to heal you, but I want you to know, I don't think the man understand what God is up to, that God was simply saying, I will heal your son because this is an opportunity for me to bring you closer to me. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are in a situation right now where you have so many problems, so many problems, you are in a situation when you are, you're so consumed. It's not the will of God that you're sick. It's not the will of God where you have financial crisis. It's not the will of God that you don't have a boyfriend. It's not the will of God. Okay? But if you don't have a girlfriend, probably. And I'm just kidding, okay? You know what? If you, if you are in that situation, that's not the will of God. But God would want to capitalize in that situation to bring you closer to Him. You understand this? That's my prayer for all of you in this room. That at the end of the day, He wants us to not just see that He is a miracle-working God, that He will use a situation to not just move you one step closer to Him, but He has a greater plan, greater than what you're asking from Him. So this official said, and asked his servants. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, 
If you see right here, I believe and I'm highly convinced that from his understanding of who God is as a miracle worker, I believe that God is moving him closer to him. That there was progression in this account where when he discovered that indeed his son was healed at the very hour. And for some of you here, probably you're asking the question, at the very hour for the past two years, three years, I've been asking God for a breakthrough. How come God can't comply to what I want? Now remember, more than just the things you're believing God for, God is interested with your heart. God is interested to have a relationship with you. But here we are, human as we are, and with our, uh, our really, our flawed spirituality, we always come to God because, God, I want something from you. But God is simply saying, the reason why I'm causing you, I'm allowing you to wait, because it's not about the what, it's about, and it is always the who. That at times, a lot of us here are simply, are simply saying, that God, I, I, I can't wait. But God is saying, I can grant whatever you want. But if you don't know me, this will harm you. This will hurt you. So if you are here right now believing God for something, and you've been waiting for quite some time, just like this man. Yes. At the very hour, the Lord granted his request. But for some of us, it's, it's not the case. But I want you to understand, the very heart of this is that God is interested with you. And God is interested of having you in his life as well. See how this man moves from merely knowing Jesus as a miracle worker, to having faith in who he is and not just what he can give. Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. Though this is a response of faith for this official, it is not the kind of faith that God wants from him. But I want you to imagine with me that as he asked God for healing and God affirms what he wants, he went on his, from shallow faith, his move to simple faith. And some of us, we need to take a closer look. God is not expecting a lot from us. God is simply saying, if you want breakthroughs, if you want a miracle, I will give you the strength to turn around. Some of you, you are one foot away from a breakthrough. My question with you right now, are you willing to obey? Obedience is not something that you do. So obedience is not something that, that, that you, you exercise with your willpower. Obedience is, in fact, given by God. So I do pray for all of us here. That if you're struggling to obey, you ask God, God, give me the strength, the grace, the understanding to obey. Because you cannot do this according to just own, your own strength. You need the grace of God. But I want you to know, God did not ask a lot from this government official. Not, 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 not from this guy, this, this, this man who's a, who's a man of authority. That he was simply saying, just go. My question with you right now, are you willing to just say, God, I'm asking you for this miracle. What do you want me to do? Remember that every miracle starts and ends in simple obedience. One of the things that we need to break free from, China and be a missionary, okay? Now you don't have to go to India and be a missionary in order for you to please God. Remember this. When you have collided with how God loves you and how His sacrifice for you can help but obey God because your motivation, you're valued and loved by God. His encounter with God was not just God gravitating to the things that he's believing God for. He felt God's love. He felt God's affirmation. The father knew there was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live and he himself believed and all his household. This was now the second sign after the first miracle of turning water to wine. The second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. And this is important for all of us to understand that this man of authority 
came to Christ to ask for healing. But Christ is much more interested, not just with healing his son, but bringing salvation into his family. You know the word salvation is not just you going to heaven, but it's fullness, healing, satisfaction, and abundance. A man was asking for healing, but God was simply saying, I just don't want to provide healing. I want to provide salvation. I want to answer all of your questions and your queries and your concerns. Some of us are like that. We want someone to solve our problems, but they're limited. God is simply saying, you come to me with that concern, with that need. Let me not just meet you where you are. Let me meet you all the way. We have a God bigger than our situations. And He knows our needs. He knows our wants. And He wants to surprise us beyond our wildest dream. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we worship. That's the God that we follow. And His whole household came to know the Lord, not just because the faith of this official. Not just because his faith has been perfected. Though there was a simple obedience. Remember this, that we are not saved not because of how good our faith is, but how good Jesus is. That the object of our faith is Christ himself, more than what he provides and what he can give. The son was not healed because of the faith of his father yes there was faith that was involved but because of the power of the lord jesus christ faith itself doesn't have power only christ has power so you can concentrate all the days of your life and you exert so much effort okay to have faith on faith that my father will recover from his sickness because by faith, I have faith. And even if you shout at the top of your voice and speak forth healing, in someone who is sick, they will not recover unless you come to a point where Jesus is the only healer. And the more you get to know Jesus, the more that you will be introduced to your breakthroughs. Because a lot of us here, the last time you had a breakthrough, it did more harm than good. In fact, I know a lot of people, I've counseled a lot of people. And the reason why they have known God because of a crisis and a tragedy. And have known a lot of people. There are nowhere to be found in church because of a blessing. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm not for crisis and tragedy. But it will be your doorway towards knowing God. That He is a God who is far beyond your breakthroughs and your miracles. That your relationship with God is never based on what He provides, but who He is. This is why, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It is by grace. It is God's way of telling you that I am grace. Let me provide because I'm not just here to provide for what you want. I want to be in this relationship. I want you to have a relationship with me. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Because you are in a relationship. Haven't you noticed the deeper the what the relationship, the more expensive the gift? So kung binigyan ka ng picture frame, I don't have to ex- explain. I'm not against picture frames, okay? And I hope you do understand that it's not just about the gift. It's it's a giver. And this is my prayer for all of us. In verse 9, it says right here, Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. That this man had shallow faith. He was so familiar of who God is, that he came to heal. But Christ came and capitalized on that simple faith that your job is to trust, believe in me, and turn around. Go! What if he did not go? I don't know. I cannot assume. But God is simply saying, my test is for you to just leave. You understand? 
And because of that obedience, that his walk with God moved from shallow to simple, and from simple to saving. That God saved his entire family because God is interested not just with healing his son, but giving him life while on earth and life after life. I want you to understand one thing. God did not only came to seek and save the lost. Yes. Let me correct myself. God did not only came just to provide for what you want, but to seek and save the lost. What's my point here? God can heal him or his son, but if he did not have an encounter with God, that his salvation is secured, he can walk in healing, but still go to hell. In fact, for some of you here, some have come to know the Lord. And yet, some did not receive what they're believing God for. And at times, we question if God is willing and able. How many of you here, you have family members and relatives? They're followers of Christ. And yet, they died of a chronic ailment or sickness. Where is God in all of this? I want you to hear this loud and clear. Yes, I'm not for sickness. Yes, I'm against sickness. And, but the beauty of this is that though God did not grant what they're believing and hoping for, one thing I know, they're going to be with Him in eternity. That's the greatest gift. So if you're here right now and you're saying, God, will you come through? I don't know. But one thing for sure, that when you go out of this room, you know deep in your heart that you have Christ in your heart and you have hope in your heart that after all of this, we have a place for heaven. This is what God has provided. Therefore, we need to be reminded that Christ will capitalize on every tra tragedy to lead people to himself because his objective is not just to grant what you want, but to provide salvation to those who are bound to face eternal damnation. It is his desire that more than anything else that everybody should come into repentance. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not as a result of work so that no one may boast. A reminder for all of us that it is only God who can save. It is only God who has the power to save. It is only God who has the capacity to give you the grace to move from shallow the saving and if you have an encounter with god you can't help but tell people about him my prayer for all of us that as we go out of this room and start our day that we know that the object of our faith is not what god provides the object of our faith is not what god grants and the object of our faith is not what god has promised that the object of our faith Christ himself. This is how you can last in your walk with God. That you're fixed, that he is the author and perfecter of your faith. That no matter if your prayers are granted or not, choose to bank on the whole idea. That though my prayers are not granted, I have a relationship with God. My belief in God goes beyond His miracles. That I don't live for His miracles, I live for Him. And I just don't love His miracles. I love Him because He first loved me. That my relationship with God is not based on what He has promised. But my relationship with God is based in His nature, in His character, and His love for me. When you understand what Christ did and His supreme sacrifice, that He offered His body, you can't help 
but latch on the whole idea that God it's not about what you can give it's who you are let me know you that as you know God you will be surprised that in your knowledge of God everything is added in knowing him remember this now to the miracles now to the breakthroughs to the promises no now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us the emphasis is not on the miracles to him knowledge of him you knowing him he wants you to progressively know him so my question with you right now is your faith simple is your faith saving where you go out of your way and tell Christ or tell people about Christ is your faith erratic or shallow I cannot answer that this afternoon but I hope that you will pause for a while and say God where am I when it comes to my relationship with you am I moving towards you am I moving progressively or I come to church because I I of what I need from you that I feel confident after this gathering that you will bless my week my Monday to Friday to Saturday because I came to church I worship God I read my Bible I've been saying this over and over again I have four kids and if they're stubborn one thing I can validate if they're not obedient one thing I'm convinced of that even though they're not obedient or at times they don't follow me they're guaranteed a breakfast lunch and dinner not because they're good but because I'm good ladies and gentlemen we have a good God we have a great God we can trust God because the basis of our faith is not what God provides but who he is Heavenly Father thank you for this afternoon that each and every person in this room will look to you will know you will come to a place we're in we want to move forward and grow in our understanding of who you are I want all of you here to just recognize I will pray for you and I want you to be honest because the starting point of real transformation is that you walk in humility and you acknowledge that God this is where I am presently at you want to recognize where you are in this season of your walk with God so as we bow our heads and close our eyes you're simply saying pastor my faith is erratic there are times I'm high and there are times I'm down there are times that I'm happy because of the blessings but when things are rough and tough I don't feel loved by God I want to pray for you that from where you are and from how shallow your walk with God is you will move from and towards a season of your life where you want to obey God you want to follow God you want to do things for God because you have You have encountered and you have known how faithful, how good, how great God is. So as we bow our heads and close our eyes, if you want to move past from that season where your faith is, is erratic, it's not consistent, it's not steady, I want to pray for you because I believe God wants to move you from where you are 
where he wants you to be. I want you to raise your hand if you're that person. You're saying, God, I want to progress. I want to move forward. I want you to raise your hand as high as you can. Lord, from that shallow faith, I pray for the hands that are lifted high. That you provoke them, move them based on their understanding. And I pray, Jesus, that you introduce yourself to these people. That we cannot move forward, Lord God, based on our strength and our ability. Lord, we want to collide with your goodness and your faithfulness. That you are a God who will take us in with no strings attached. We don't have to perform in order for you to take us in so that we will be acknowledged by you. You did it on the cross. Your performance, oh God, in the cross is the very reason why we want to move from shallow faith to simple faith. And put down your hands. If you're the person right now, you're simply saying, God, I want to obey you. But I want to move from just coming to church and reading my Bible. I want you to use me mightily. Where I know, Lord God, when I'm, I'm, I'm caught in a situation where I know I have to decide, though I know it will cost me money, it will cost me, look at my friends. Though at times, probably it will cost you your job, but I will obey God. If you are right now in a situation where your faith is tested, I want you to raise your hand. Let God give you the grace to obey. If your faith is tested, if there are times right now you feel like compromising, I pray right now that you will obey God no matter what. Remember, our obedience is always influenced by our relationship with God. Lord, I pray that with the hands that are lifted high, that there is nothing that they will do. But to be in a place where they're willing to obey. For some of you here, you've been faithfully serving the Lord. You have a relationship with God. You love God. But I want you to know one thing. God wants to go beyond. He's providing for what you need and what you want. He wants to use you to bring people And move people from where they are. Where God wants them to be. Where they have an encounter with our Savior. Can we just raise our hands all across the room? Lord, I pray that you cause each and every person in this room. That our faith, Lord God, is moving progressively. That we're growing in faith. I want you right now to tell Jesus, grow my faith. That I will not be familiar. Though I have been a, a follower of Christ, Lord, I want to, I don't want to be I, I pray, Lord, that you refresh me. But what you did on the cross is more than enough. Because of what you did on the cross. You died for all of us so that we may live. Now I want you right now to just think of this. That the that this official who was a dying son encountered a son who will eventually die. And I want you right now to put yourself in that situation where all of us are dying and are about to die spiritually. They were bound to go to hell, but because of the death of Christ, just like the son that this government official recovered because of that word. And I do pray that every person in this room will appreciate that you died on the cross so we may live. Thank you, Jesus.
put down your hands. Lord, thank you for allowing us to look out. Be in a position we're in we desire to grow in our walk with you. I even ask God for people who doesn't have a relationship with you or who came for the first time that they will have an encounter with you. So as we bow our heads and close our eyes, if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you want to know Him. You want to grow in your understanding of Him. That He wants everybody to come to repentance. If you want to start life, you want to start all over again. You're tired of your life you want God work in your life. You know for the past few years you've been doing things on your own. You see the product of it. You're saying, I need God. I'm tired of going around in circles. This is not an accident why God brought you here. He wants you to encounter Him. So as we bow our heads and close our eyes, if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say this after me. Jesus, I receive you in my heart as my Lord and Savior. And I want to follow you for the rest of my life. I repent from all known sins. And Jesus, I want to know you. 